What's up, everybody? It's Friday. That means it's another episode of Full Draw Friday. This one is number 18. Today is going to be part one of a little kind of series that's called Food Plot Planning. And today we're going to be talking about what to plant. So we'll talk about some other stuff into that. But we're going to start with what you want to plant. That way you guys can get your seed ordered, kind of get an idea going forward of what you're going to do. It's getting to be that time where you definitely want to get orders in for stuff. That way you'll have it ready to go when planting season is here. Like I said, it's right around the corner. So what to plant in your food plots coming at you. Then we'll get into the weekend. First, I'm going to talk about some different reasons for planting different stuff. And then I will give some examples of like blends that we like, where we like them, and reasons we like specific seed. So the first thing, like if we do a consultation or if I'm talking to guys about it, I'll usually go to is you want to use your space as efficiently and effectively as possible. And to do that de depends on your goal, of course. So if your goal is to grow the deer herd, just have a healthier overall deer herd with higher numbers, that's going to change how you use your space. If your goal is to attract, hold, harvest mature bucks, obviously that's going to change it as well. So what we're talking about today mostly is going to be towards that last one because even the guys that say they don't want to kill a big buck, everybody wants to kill a big buck. And generally, if you're putting the money and time and effort into putting these food plots, that's what you're doing it for, at least in my experience. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. So again, use it as efficiently and effectively as possible. Now that means maybe you have 400 acres that you can use, or you have 10 acres that you can use. Either way, you still want to be as efficient and as effective as possible. So the first thing we're going to want to look at is what kind of greens do you have, if any, on the property? And that's going to be like your brassica blends, potentially your clover and chicory, stuff like that. But that's where we're going to start. If you don't have any green already established in any of your food plots, we definitely want to get that going. And we're going to do that before the grain. So a lot of people will look at their food plots and they want to plant corn or beans, which is fine in certain situations. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But you want to have your greens established first. Think about it. Most of the places that you're hunting whitetails, there are corn and beans available throughout the summer anyway. Now, there's not. they're not always going to be there in the late season, after they're harvested, they're gone, right? So that's when maybe you're going to want to mix some of those in. That would be why you would mix some of those in. But if you only have an acre to plant a food plot, plant something that's going to be there for the deer when everything else is gone that they need. It's going to be nutritional for them. It's going to be attractive to them. That's where the greens come in. So you're going to want to look at those first. Once you hit a certain amount of greens, let's say you have five acres of total food plots, You've got three acres of greens in. You want to do two acres of corn. Okay, fine. We can mix that in at that point. But grains before green is always where we start. Again, you want something that's going to attract them throughout the season when the crops are gone and something that isn't readily available in your block uh, of properties, wherever you're at in your neighborhood. So another thing to consider is the summer food availability in your area versus the winter food availability. So again, a lot of areas where the whitetails are at, even without the ag, in consideration. If you go try to walk through the timber in the summertime, good luck. There's so much forage out there. Foliage, leaves are on the trees. Uh, the 
everything down at the forest floor is green and lush and they have tons of browse and it's actually it literally is tons of browse per acre during the summertime that those deer have so if you only have this one acre food plot and you're planting something that's going to be there in the summer but not in the late winter then you've kind of wasted that one acre food plot because now if you try to walk through that woods in the winter or like this time of year it's a heck of a lot easier because there's nothing out there for them. There's very little browse. Uh, they do have some woody stuff that they'll chew on for some digestion and because that's what's available, but it's not near like it is during the summertime. So you go out there and look right now. Now, if you use that one acre food plot to plant some kind of brassica blend or if more mild climates, even the clovers that are still there and available, now you've become more efficient and more effective with that one acre food plot. Another thing to take into consideration when you're thinking about planting something over the summer is when a doe finds food, it's going to stay there year-round. If that food is there and available, they find it in the summertime and the springtime, they are going to be there until the next spring or the next summer or until that food is no longer available. So if you're looking to hold a bunch of does because the only time you want to have a good chance of killing a mature buck is for two weeks in November, then by all means... Try to attract the does in and keep them all year. That way, again, you have that two-week window to kill a buck in November during the rut when it's sporadic uh, and it's kind of by chance anyway. If you want to try to hold mature bucks during the time when you can harvest them, which would be from middle of September in some states to middle of January, then you're going to want to plant something that's going to be there during that time. The does aren't going to come in and move in on it. And when they do that, they're going to take up bedding areas. If you only have so much space for them to bed anyway, you don't necessarily want your does all taking it up. You want somewhere for those bucks to bed. Because if there's no does in the area, the bucks may bed in the same places that the does would have had they been there. So they're just, if the does come in during the summer, now they're there when that buck tries to move in during the fall into his fall range, which is hopefully what you're managing your property for, because you can't kill them in the summer anyway then he's going to notice, I mean, he's not going to want to bet around all those does. We talk about that all the time. That's why depth cover is so important. The bucks are going to bed off of the does. The does are going to bed off the food because the bucks don't want to deal with the stress of the does running around all day. So if those bedding spots are already taken up by does because you planted something that's there all summer, you've just ran that buck off that potentially would have been there throughout October, part of November, until maybe he got, again, sporadic during the rut, but then he's back in December and January. Now you've extended your range October, November, December, January, full season, four months, maybe four and a half months to kill that deer as opposed to two weeks in November when you're going to have bucks moving through your property anyway. Because inevitably, you're going to have does move in. That's just part of it. And they're going to find that food too, and they're going to find some bedding areas, which is okay because you want to have a good balanced herd. You don't want to just have all bucks because then they'll leave during the rut. But you don't have all does either because, again, there's a lot of other issues with that other than the fact that you're only going to have a couple weeks to kill that buck. So take that into consideration as well. Uh, but, again, if you have those does, then you're still going to have that window of that two weeks in November. It's not like if you plant your food plots to hold bucks during the hunting season, well, then you're not going to have that opportunity in November either during the rut. You're still going to have that opportunity. You're just going to expand it to the middle of September all the way through the middle of January because you've got that good food for them. You've got cover, which goes into some other stuff as well. But that's really what, what you're looking at when it comes to being efficient and effective uh, and not holding a bunch of does. 
again, it's okay if you want to do that. If your herd numbers are down, there's a lot of areas in the country right now where herd numbers are way up. We've talked about this before on the podcast. But if you're somewhere where the herd number is low and you're trying to build it back up, then you want to have a place for those does to feed safely and fawn in the springtime. That's fine. Then that's a whole different whole different thing that you're talking about. But again, we're focusing on the mature buck part of this. So keep that in mind as well. There are always dichotomies to everything and exceptions to every rule. There are not necessarily that many rules when it comes to habitat management or especially uh, deer management. So again, depending on what your goals are, that's going to change that. But if you're looking for mature bucks and that's what you're looking at to harvest, uh, that's what you're after. Remember that if you plant food in the summertime and the does find it, they are going to be there taking up those bedding spots in the in the fall and the winter. Another thing to keep in mind is if you have multiple food plots, so let's say you've got a half acre here, three quarters there, an acre in one spot, two acres in another spot. You want them to be diverse but consistent. And what I mean by that is the blend in each plot should be similar. So a lot of times we like to do a brassica blend with like a winter wheat on the other half if it's a a decent sized plot. Now you can mix those in together, but you're not going to have as good a brassicas come up or as good a winter wheat. But if you're on like a half acre plot and you still want to have a little bit of both, you can mix those together. Uh, you're just going to want to come in and plant that winter wheat a little bit later and may even fill out some, some, uh, blank, some, uh, empty spots for you in your brassica plot. Or maybe you seed those brassicas at a small, uh, smaller rate than what you would have than the recommended rate. And then you, come in and, and plant the winter wheat over top of it. So they're not necessarily competing and you still have both, but on like a one acre plot, a three quarter acre plot, especially a two acre plot, we're going to split that in half a lot of times, or at least close to half, half of it's going to be a brassica blend. The other half of it's going to be like that winter wheat, something like that. That's a really good combination that we like, uh, for all through the season forage for the deer availability of greens. So, but with that, that's diversity within the plot. You're going to want to plant that same blend, that same idea in all of your plots. So for example, if you have three two-acre plots, okay? So in one two-acre plot, you've got a brassica blend. In another two-acre plot, you've got all clover. And then another two-acre plot, you've got all grains. There's not going to be any consistency of use with those deer. And that's what you're looking for. It makes them easier to hunt. You're going to know where they're at. It's going to make their movement patterns more consistent as opposed to, okay, today they're feeling corn, so they're going to be in that two-acre plot of corn. Tomorrow they're feeling the brassica, so they're going to be over there. The next day they're feeling the clover, so they're going to be there. Maybe they're feeling that two days in a row, so they're going to be there two days in a row. And you can't really establish any consistent pattern of use. If you have the same blends in all your plots, then you can establish that consistent pattern, and it makes them a lot easier to hunt because they're not just necessarily going to go all the way to the other side of farm because that's a different blend available that they're wanting that day. They're going to go to the closer plot to them. If that, hopefully that makes sense. It's a uh, all about making them easier to hunt and you can set up your food plots to do that. Me and Nate have talked a lot about what he's doing to try to set them up to kind of move in a circular sort of pattern to keep them on his property as long as possible. And it's not only for the deer season, you're wanting to keep them, and this will come into play a lot when I talk about um, where to plant and kind of how big a food plot you're planting and all that stuff. You want to keep them there during the day. You don't have to keep deer on your property 
24-7, all 365, right? So you want to keep them on your property during the hunting season, during the daylight when you can harvest them. Because that's, again, I've said this a lot of times, that's where you can be a deer manager uh, and not just a property manager because then you get to decide which deer get to go another year. You can build your age structure that way. You get to decide which deer you want to take out of the herd. You get to decide how many does you want to take if they're on your property during the day, during the hunting season. If they're on your property at night during the hunting season, that doesn't do you a lot of good. Same way, if your neighbors have a great big ag field or a five-acre food plot of grains or something like that, and the deer are going over there at night, so what? They can't harvest them legally at night anyway, so they're going to spend time on your property during the day. If they go to your neighbors at night, whatever, if they're on your neighbors during the summertime, doesn't really matter. You want those deer on your property in the fall during the hunting season. Now, that doesn't mean you can't establish a pattern of use for some of those deer in the summer. But a lot of times that's just going to be with the does. There are times where bucks will live in the same general area in the summer as they do the fall. But most of the time their summer and fall range are going to differentiate just because of they have different needs during different times of year. Okay, so you want to set up your property to be attractive to them during the fall. That way you can have them on your property at least a majority of the time during the daylight in the hunting season. At least whatever your target buck is. So that's why... Uh, I'll kind of talk about all those things. That is the overarching goal of all that when it comes to planning what to plant in your food plots. Now, some things that you can plant to do that. If you have all your greens and stuff established and you want to add in some grain, Milo is a really good substitute for corn. Uh, it's grain sorghum, if whatever you call it, depending on where you're from. We call it Milo here, um, grain sorghum in other parts of the country. It's all the same thing. If you already have all your greens established, that's a good grain to add. If you don't have the acreage to plant corn or the availability of browse to keep the pressure off of it. So let's say you only have an acre to add uh, a grain to because you already have your greens where you want them, but you decide you want to add something else. Uh, Milo would be a good substitute for corn because the deer aren't going to browse on it when it's coming up. They're going to wait till it seeds out and then they're going to eat the heads off of it. Turkeys will do the same thing. Um, so if you're wanting to manage for that as well, that's another, Milo is a really good option for that. But it may be one of those things, too, where it takes them a couple years to, if you don't have a lot of sorghum in your area, it takes them a couple years to get used to it. But if you plant corn in an acre and you don't have a lot of natural browse in the area or your food plot's getting a lot of browsing pressure, for whatever reason, maybe the deer numbers are too high, they're going to eat the corn down before it ever has a chance to grow. Now, like I said, with the Milo, they're not going to eat that during its growing stages. They're going to wait until it seeds out, and then they're going to eat that off of it. So that's a good substitute for corn if you're strapped for room, but you have your greens where you want them. Corn and beans are both good when you have the room and the available browse to take the pressure off of them. Corn's really good late winter fuel for deer. It's not highly nutritional. It's got a lot of carbs, so they're going to go out and eat it to stay warm, uh, to give them energy that they can burn, uh, to keep their body temperature where it needs to be in the late winter, especially when it gets really harsh, cold, like in the northern climates, even here in the Midwest sometimes. So corn is a really good food plot seed. And again, even though we have a bunch of it around during the summer, it's all gone by the late winter anyway. So you've, again, if you have your greens established, you have room for it, you can plant that corn, and that'll just become another added late season attractant for them. Beans also are very good especially for first-year food plots, and they're going to have some nutritional value as well where the where the corn won't. But again, the deer will eat them down before they grow up and pod and 
put on pods and the actual beans. So you have to have the room for them. You have to have the browse pressure taken off of them. And again, they're really good for first year plots because they're going to be good for weed control. If you get a Roundup Ready bean, you can spray the weeds out of it and it's going to establish a pattern of use. So those deer know what beans are. They know they like them. So they're going to come in and hit that food plot. That way next year when you want to plant something else, they're still going to come back to that spot the next year and find whatever else you have in there for them. One other thing we talked to, I talked a lot about is a good brassica blend that we like to plant. And that's one of the, the best things I think you can plant. And again, this may be something you have to plant after you plant beans to establish pattern of use because in a lot of areas, the deer just aren't used to them yet. Um, you want to be sure that you're planting them at the right times so they become ripe when during this hunting season. So that's when the deer are using them. We talked to John O'Brien, I think I was on episode 41, um, about issues a lot of guys have with brassicas. And those are some of the things he mentioned. So you're going to keep all that stuff in mind. But some really good blends we like. And this is another thing that people will run into. They'll just buy some brassica blend off the Walmart shelf because it had a picture of a big buck on it and not really pay attention to what's in it. There might be some some seeds in there that aren't worth much or some seeds in there that just make it more expensive. Um, that aren't really going to have a chance to grow at an appropriate rate for the deer to want to use it anyway. So some good blends we like, like the ones from Grandpa Ray's that we use. Um, if they have turnips, radishes, kale, forage rape, those kind of things are what you're looking for. They all have the same growing seasons. They're not going to outcompete each other, and the deer really like them. And they can be planted together at an appropriate rate to have good germination and then a good amount of browse for the deer. The last one I'm going to hit on, we have our own blend of this. You guys have heard us talk about it. It's the clover, chicory, alfalfa, and that's going to be your year-round kind of blend Minus the late season and some of the, the northern places where it gets really cold. Uh, like we've talked about, our clover has actually stayed green all through this winter. It was fairly mild. We did have a few real cold snaps, but it was under snow for a lot of those. So our clover made it really all season. That's going to be good for your smaller kill plots, especially in the timber. So you're not necessarily trying to establish a pattern of use with it. Maybe you've got an old logging road. Maybe you've got a half acre, a quarter acre spot in the woods where you want those deer to hit coming out of their bedding before they go out to a major ag field. Maybe that's all you have room for. If you have, if you're just hunting all timber, but you have this nice opening again, whether it be a logging road or just a small quarter acre, half acre plot, clover and chicory can be a really good seed blend for that because it's going to grow well in the shade. It only needs something like four hours of sunlight a day to grow well. The deer aren't going to come in there and feed on it all night. They're going to come from their bedding. They're going to hit that stuff before they go out into the ag field to feed in the evening. So it's really good for those smaller kill plots, especially in the timber. And it can be good for establishing use while fertilizing for your future brassica plots. Similar to the beans, if you want to plant clover instead, you can accomplish kind of the same thing. Minus some of the weed control, you can spray the clover and chicory with... Um, with 2,4-D and clethodim to help with that stuff. It's a little more expensive to spray that stuff than it would just be to plant uh, Roundup Ready beans and spray Roundup. The cost will be offset a little bit just by the, the cost of the Roundup Ready beans to the regular clover seed. But all that said, it's another option, again, to establish a pattern use because deer know they like it because it grows naturally. So they already know about it most in most areas. And again, that's going to add a lot of nitrogen to your soil, which is going to help your brassica plots in the future. So what I've done in the past is I'll plant some clover in the springtime or even a year ahead of time before I want to plant those brassicas. That's going to give the deer 
an idea that it's there, so they know there's food available in that area. Then I'll come in and just disc that clover under. Maybe you got to spray it first. Disc that clover under. It's going to add a ton of nitrogen to the soil. I'll plant my brassicas over the top of it. They come up. The deer already know that there's food there. They know that that green is food. It's available for them. And then I've got a lot more uh, tons of forage for them that's going to be there throughout the wintertime, even if it's a harsh winter. So that's something, a couple places you can really use the clover and chicory. That's pretty much all I have on that for this week, guys. Again, this is going to be part one. I don't know how many parts it's going to be. At least two, obviously. I'll talk about, probably next week, I'll talk about where to plant your food plots. Because that's just as important when it comes to planting. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. But again, we'll talk about that next week. That's going to do it on that for this week. Now, on to our sponsor for Full Draw Friday. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, and maybe do some of this stuff on... Rodney Hawkins is the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in our area of Southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties. Uh, He's a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Now, if you haven't heard of those guys, they're not really your average real estate company. They've sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're kind of a local company with a national reach. For more information on them, any properties that may be available, just to tell him what you're looking for so he can keep an eye out, you can contact Rodney at 618-925-3153 and he'll get you taken care of. He's also recently started a new company called RG Outdoors. They currently carry hard and soft-shelled blinds and blind chairs from Radix Radix Blinds. Excuse me. In addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust, uh, you guys can check that out at camodust.com. As for the blinds, Nate actually spent a lot of time in one of the soft-sided blinds this year. Uh, he was more than happy with how that worked out for uh, worked out for him. We talked to the guy at Radix at the Deer Show. They're going to make some improvements to him this year as well. They've been listening to what guys are saying, what can make them better. So they're going to be even better moving forward. If you're interested in those or anything else that Rodney has to offer there at RG Outdoors, you can send them a message to their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com or, again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. And if you're in the Centralia area, um, he's going to be up at a show this weekend up there. If you guys see an advertisement for that, you want to go talk to Rodney at the show, stop up there and see him. I think he'll have some of our Ridge Hunter seat available as well. So you guys can talk to him about anything he's got going on with RG Outdoors or with Midwest Farm and Land. So, again, thanks for tuning in this Friday, guys. We will catch you again next week.